Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. How are you all this morning? Good Friday to you. Um, I had radically different questions that I was going to go um, live with. Um, My questions were not, how do I feel? How do I trust? How do I believe and show compassion to others? That was not what was on the agenda. I'm just going to be honest, but there is so much. You know, I coach people on both sides of the the political spectrum. And that's okay for me. It challenges me to think outside of my world. So often we only look at what we already know, confirmation bias, right? We only see information that confirms what we already believe. And we drowned out voices to the contrary. We don't challenge ourselves. We don't live courageously by being able to understand all points of view, to show respect for all points of view when it is so, our thoughts are so loud and so overwhelming in this area, right? And so I just wanted to take some time today to talk about how to feel. And it doesn't matter whether this is in response to election or a disagreement with someone or, we all need to learn how to feel. I believe 100% that if we could all just get the tools to learn what it's like to feel our feelings, we would change the world, right? That's why I do what I do. That's why I provide all of these resources for free, because I want you to get the information. So here's what happens. And you've heard me talk about this. There's four options when emotions come up. And we know that our thoughts drive our emotions. Thank you, cognitive behavioral um, psychology. Our thoughts drive our emotions, and those emotions drive the action we take. And so I want you to just take some time right now or later and write down all the thoughts you're having. Perhaps it's all the thoughts you're having about the election. Perhaps it's all the thoughts you're having about the increasing numbers in the pandemic. Perhaps it's all the thoughts you're having about doing something you don't want to do or a disagreement with someone you care about. It doesn't matter. You're going to get all your thoughts out on paper. I call this the brain download. And you're just, you're getting it all out, all your emotions. I even, sometimes I do this every morning. You know, this is the secret to decluttering my brain every day. It's what we're doing together in the Courageous Life Society this much. I write them all down. And here's what I do. I even write down actions I need to take. I I get everything out of my brain so it's not swirling around. And here's what I suspect happening. Your brain has so many unprocessed, cluttered thoughts and emotions right now because here's what our brain does. When there is uncertainty, our brains want to like overthink it 
overreact, over. So your brain is just constantly processing, constantly swirling, constantly offering you new thoughts or more thoughts or the same thoughts over. You're ruminating on those thoughts. So you're asking your brain, you're saying, okay, I need to get all of this out because it's not serving me waking up at 1 a.m. in the morning. You, if that is happening, it's happening to me, sweet friends. I get up, I come to my desk, I write out my thoughts, I leave it here for in the, uh, in the morning to deal with, I go back to bed. I did not do a thought download, um, brain download before bed. And that always helps me. So I want you to see that. So um, I, our brains are great tricksters, right? Your brain is probably telling you worrying, checking the news, thinking about the other person that you disagreed with, that looking at the pandemic numbers, that's helping. Like that, your brain is telling you that's action to take. I'm here to tell you, sweet friends, it's a lie. It's not true. So I offer this to you only as just information. There is no judgment. There is no shame here. I'm right in this with you. So I don't want you to think this comes from a place of, I've got it figured out. No, I message my friends. I get messages from people that I care about, that love about, that are just like paper bag emojis, right? Or, or uh, not emojis, uh, gifts. Do we call them gifts? I don't know. But I want you to see what your brain is doing in response to conflict or struggle or uncertainty or confusion. So just look at it, sweet friends, without anger, without judgment. Because oftentimes when I first started this work, I'm going to be honest, my brain wanted to go to, darn it, I am so broken. My thoughts are just all over the place and unhelpful. And what is wrong with me? And you're just saying, nope, I'm going to look at it. So. Here's what I wanna tell you. There's four options when emotions come up. One is to distract. So you're gonna feel the feelings that you're feeling right now and you're gonna to go to your phone and look up something. Or you're gonna play a game or you're gonna send text messages to friends to distract from the feeling of uncertainty and overwhelm and fear. Unprocessed fear. You're gonna distract, you're gonna drink at night. You're gonna drink this morning. You're gonna drink, like you're gonna overeat. So I want you to see that distraction is one way to respond to an emotion. Second way to respond to emotion is to resist it. And, and I've been doing this, honestly. I'm like, I won't even think about it. I'm not going to look at the news. I don't want to know what's going on. And on some level, this is me taking control of my thoughts and saying, I know it will work out. I trust a higher power. I trust. And I believe in the process and I know there's nothing else I can do right now. So this is a bit of both, totally honest, but I res resist feeling. Like I'm not gonna feel until it's necessary. Or you could resist all your feelings and you're just, it often happens when we're having disagreements with others and we're like, nope, not happening. I won't even pay attention to that person. I'm not going to process the feelings I'm having. I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting down. The person is, is I'm not dealing with it. I often, we see this, right? We're going to resist our emotions. We're going to block people on social media that don't agree with us. I'm just going to resist feeling that feeling. 
Third option is to overreact. And we see this now, regardless of whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, you see a public figure overreacting to their emotions. We all do it. And often what we hate in someone else, no, not often, Freud taught us this, what we hate in others, we hate in ourselves. Like that's where we see it. And so oftentimes I am triggered by overreaction because I know myself, I'm an over, a habitual overreactor to my emotions. This is different from the fourth, and that is feeling your feelings and owning your feelings. Overreaction to your feelings looks like you are making someone else responsible for them. Like, oh, I am so angry and it is your fault. I did this to my husband last election. Well, I did this to a lot of people last election when I hadn't fully done all the work, right, to, to, to process. I can tell you my experience of how I react to him, how I react to others that I have disagreements with now is drastically different because here's the deal. I feel my feelings and I take ownership of my feelings. So how do you feel your feelings? Are you ready? Five steps. Is it? Five? Yeah, it's five steps. Number one. You guys know this is unscripted, so sometimes I forget things. <laughs> I'm sure people will remind me. My dear, dear uh, members of the Courageous Life Society always help me. They're just so kind. Um, so uh, st first step to feel your feelings is to name it. That's why I asked you to do the brain download. You're going to find all the thoughts that are fueling what? The emotions that you are having. So you're going to name the emotion. Um, I am, sometimes our brains are so triggered, right? Here we go. Here's our amygdala. Um, and our, our brains get overwhelmed. So we flip our lid. And we're all flipping our lids right now, right, sweet friends? And we're all overwhelmed. And we're all in the state of like uh, hormonal, chemical overwhelm. It's that fight, flight, or freeze response that some of us are feeling. And so when you're, you're having an um, uh, amygdala firestorm or emotional reaction, you flip your lid and you have no prefrontal cortex control. You, you do not have the executive skill of emotional control. You do not have the executive skill of metacognition thinking about your thinking. You are flooded with emotion. And so the work we do when we feel our feelings is we're naming the feelings and we do not have to name the thought that goes along with it in the beginning. Because you're just like, I can't even think about my thinking. It's all, it's all the feelings. It's all the things that are coming up. And oh, bless us, right? It's my mug. I need this every day to say like, it's all the things. I'm feeling all the things. And everything feels overwhelming in this moment. So you're just going to name, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I mean, sometimes we'll even do like, I'm triggered. Doesn't matter. The name doesn't matter. It's the feeling. And the second step of how to feel your feelings is you're going to locate it in your body. You're going to find where it's at. My um, tension and anxiety um, and uncertainty, that feeling of like, oh, what's going to happen? Uncertainty is always in the pit of my stomach or, or in my chest or in my throat or like I'll feel like a tightness in my head. 
What does sadness look like to you? You're going to feel sad if your party didn't win. What does sadness feel like in your body? You recognize that I'm asking you to identify what the emotion feels like inside of your body. So often we make this a cognitive exercise only and we will never completely feel it if it's a cognitive exercise. I'm just saying, thanks body keeps the score. Thanks uh, yoga therapy work that I've done. Like I know that we hold emotions deep inside of our bodies. And so our work is to connect and feel and believe and trust and know. Third step is to give that, that feeling in your body a color. And you're like, sweet, sassy, you can skip this, honestly. But the way, reason we do that is like, you are visualizing that spot in your body. You are taking it from a cognitive exercise to purely, and you're, you're moving parts in your, like you're using different parts of your brain, but like, we're asking you to just like, see it, feel it. Mine is always like anxiety right now is always like magenta. Wait, is magenta? No, like mauve. I don't know my colors. It's not magenta. It's like a deep blood red, right? And it's stuck there. I often will ask my um, clients, like, what temperature is it? Such a, you know, therapist tool. Like, is it hot? Is it cold? Is it prickly? Is it? And it's such a beautiful experience for clients who have never been asked, what does that emotion feel like in your body? Because we think our emotional experience needs to reside in as a cognitive exercise. And so the fourth step is just to breathe into it. You're going to like acknowledge it, say it, breathe into it. You're like there, I'm with it. I'm not going to force this process. I'm not going to like ignore, distract, resist, overreact to this. I'm not going to blame someone else. I'm going to feel it, acknowledge it in my body. <clears throat> In the Courageous Life Society, I teach emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping. And, and here's the deal. I don't care if it's woo-woo. I don't care if you don't believe it. Emotional freedom technique and the tapping that I, we teach, it is you are acknowledging the emotion in your body. You're not allowing your brain to protect you by resisting the emotion. You're not allowing your brain to distract from the emotion. You're force, forcing you're empowering yourself to feel the emotion as a embodied experience. You bring awareness to that emotion by saying, I, I, even though I feel deeply anxious or deeply upset that this person did this or that this is happening in our country or that anything, I accept myself and I will be okay. And you recognize that I did training in acceptance and commitment therapy. And so, of course, I'm like, I accept it. I'm not going to not have this emotion. So whatever you're feeling right now, you may feel it. But the thing is, you have to take ownership of it. It is not someone else's fault that you are feeling this way. It is your thought. And so when you know that, you know you can feel this. Step five of our, our how to feel is that you, you've felt it deep inside of your body. You've, you've accepted it. 
You cannot go to step five until you have done the work to acknowledge the emotion and feel it completely. And here's the deal. You can feel around everybody else. You can feel like with your kids screaming and crying. You can feel your emotions. And you do not blame others for the way you are feeling right now. So you're just feeling it, right? All of it. And then step five, when you're ready. And you might have to be like, okay, I'm going to feel this for 10 minutes. I'm going to put it aside by writing it down so I don't forget it. And I can come back to it. And you will think on the other side a new thought that is something like, I'm going to, I will come back to this. I will work this out. This is not over. Or oftentimes, once I've like named it, felt it, tapped into it, or just felt it, I'm like, deep breath in, deep breath out. I'm going to figure this out. This is going to be okay. I trust in a divine power. It is not in my control. Like yesterday when I did the circle of control, um, and we do two circles, what I can't control, what I can't control. I did it with a teenager yesterday too. It's such a good exercise for adults, for kids, for teenagers, because so often we think we can control others. We think that we can control how others vote, how others by being mean to them or by shaming them. We can't. And it doesn't, it, it, it is their thoughts that drive their action. And here's the deal. We can offer our perspective, but we cannot expect. And this is like 101 when we, when I do um, work with couples, is that I got a dry throat again. Drink my coffee. I mean, obviously I need more energy right now, right? I'm so passionate. But so often in work with couples, right? We believe that we need the other to think our way. We need to convince them to change their thoughts by emotional manipulation, by saying, you are wrong. You are not who I want. I mean, we don't say that indirectly, but when we're saying like things, and so often we're, we're saying you change or I will shut, shut it down. We do that on Facebook. And so what if we know that we are responsible for us and no one else? We can invite, we can inspire, we can encourage, we can empower. That is all. <gasps> Boom. That is it. That's the work of parenting. That's the work of being a community member. That's the work of being in a relationship with a spouse. We are not in charge of anyone else. And that is the hardest thing to accept. But what I know, what I deeply know, is that the way you live your life, the way that you show compassion to others, the way that you trust, the, the process, your experience, the way that you feel your feelings serves as an example to others. And so by stating and by claiming the ownership of your thoughts and emotions right now, you are showing the world what is possible. I invite you to a big and fulfilling life. And part of that work is taking ownership of you and not, and dropping the stories of blame 
and shame and, and uh, uh, victimhood. You are not a victim of your circumstances. And I deeply know this. You are not a victim of your situation or who's elected president, even though my brain wants to tell me I am. You are invited to a big life, a fulfilling life, and that requires you to completely and, and, and deeply take ownership of you. If you are ready to do that, I got you, boo. Because our brains are tricksters, right? I love this. I always say to my clients, like, we have identified cognitive distortions, thought errors that are universal. So when you think that your brain is, is like, not helping you or is, that is actively working against you, well, all our brains do this. I, you're not unique. That's not very helpful. You are unique, but your brain is just engaged in a war with itself that all other brains do. I, um, we often, this week, we, you know, we identify our cognitive distortions in coaching practice. And we had a lot of fortune telling. I did, right? And it doesn't matter, like, I, I fortune tell, like, what's going to happen if someone's elected? Boom, 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 boom. Where does our brain go? Those are all thoughts. We don't know. We can't predict the future. I fortune tell what's going to happen with Theo and his ding-dang hives. Boom, boom, boom. There goes my thoughts. We also love a good all or nothing thinking. Like everybody's with me or everybody's against me. You're either with me or against me. There's no like in between. So I invite you when you write down, do that brain download, you're going to look at, oh, sweet sassy, look at all these thoughts that aren't serving me. What do I do with them? What do I do with these thoughts? I'm ready to get rid of them. Well, the first thing, you have to feel it to heal it. We think that we can just poof, they're gotten by magic, right? I do love a good magic and I expect miracles, but you have to do the work to release the thought by feeling it. Okay, that is it, sweet friends. Next week, I will get to, I get seasonal affective disorder. Um, thoughts are so much harder. I have a lot to say about that. I've experienced that. Um, number two, what do you have to say about anxiety? And number three, I've got a lot of great questions um, for next week that I was gonna address this week. Um, what is, how is coaching different from therapy? Oh, so, excuse me. I might do how is coaching different from therapy as an actual podcast, because that's like, whew, that's so deep. So those, if you have questions, you know, send me a message, email me, hello at jessicastong.com. I got you, booze. Um, you're, and we'll just keep, I have a running list of questions. I thought these were appropriate, but we're feeling all the feelings right now. I love you all. Please, if you need anything, I'm always here for you. XOXO, you can do this, sweet friends. Feel your feelings, feel it to heal it. Bye.
And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.